I'll, I'll sleep on it. Stay a minute. Yeah, why? I want you to sit on my back. Is that a sexual thing for you? No. I think I heard it when I ran my truck off the road. Okay. Hello and welcome to another episode of That So Random, a random movie podcast. I'm Heath Lambert, my guest this episode. Welcome to the Three Timers Club, sir. Yes. Andrew's here. Hello. Uh, we're kicking it a bit different than our other. We did uh, Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things and The Moose yes. Head Over the Mantle. Yes. Both sort of horror movie, cheap horror movies. But even then they were both quite different from each other. That's true. But this is like a, like a festival circuit drama with like a for real deal like cast of name actors. Yes. <laughs> Which... Yeah, the cast was pretty... Is There's a lot of good people in it, yeah. Which Should we go I, over the cast now? I don't usually get on this show. It's The Driftless Area from 2015, uh, based on a book, I guess, that I'm unfamiliar with. But yeah. um, people must like it. I don't know. It got turned into a movie, so I'm I betting... Watching it, that it felt like I could see this as a book. You know what I mean? Like it, it felt. I don't know. I, mean, I just got that sense, and I was like, "Oh, it was a book." Yeah, I'm wondering if it makes more sense as a book <laughs> because <laughs> it's just a little. I don't know. This movie didn't. Yeah, didn't completely do it for me. I think it's. Uh, yeah, I. I wasn't super in love with it. I, I feel like the cast mostly carried it, to be honest. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot yeah. of the dialogue is like, oh, no one talks like that. <laughs> that's... Yes, yes, definitely. That I think that's part of the reason why I thought it felt like a book because sometimes you read a book and you're like, nobody talks like this. Someone's just writing a book. Right? They're they're trying to get their thoughts out or something like that. So who do we have in the cast? We have Anton Yelchin. We have John Hawks. We yep. have Zoe Deschanel, Aubrey Plaza, Aaliyah Shawkat, Frank Langella. And I don't know how to say his name. He's from Game of Thrones, and he was um, Steppenwolf in that in Justice League. Sarayan Hines. I believe. I believe it's Kieran Hines. Oh, it's just yeah, Kieran. I think See, so. I knew it was going to be something lateral to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's umlauts in there and shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there, Kieran. There we go. So yeah, I, a great, remember. great cast. Yes. Kind, kind of wasted on a kind of nothing movie. <laughs> It's, yeah, yeah. I if I had to describe it, at first I was getting kind of a Corn Brothers vibe because I I, I felt it, it had like sort of a dry sense of humor to it at first that sort of petered out and wasn't really there throughout the whole movie. Because at first I was I was writing down some lines that were like making me laugh, but uh, and at first I was like, oh, there seemed to be quite a few, so I'm going to just stop writing them down because I'm going to end up writing down it. But then. Uh, I stopped doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great, great cast. And, yeah, Anton Yelkin, who, man, what a... That shit still haunts me. Like, what a random... I know, right? yeah, you talk so about random. Anton. You expect, yes. you know, a young actor, when they die, you expect, like, oh, drug overdose, car accident, plane crash. But his death was so fucking weird and random and, like, yes. prosaic, almost, like... Yeah. You know, well, like, that's from, how, like, a normal person dies. <laughs> you know, it's fucking yeah, sad and weird. Don't, don't know what happened with him. It is very sad, uh, especially because his career was really starting to take off. I think this movie must have been one of his last movies. Um, either way, what happened is very sad. Is, uh, he was, what was he driving to leave his property? He went to check the mail or something, and 
the car had a flaw in it that the brake stopped working, failed, and basically came into his own fence. Yeah, and either yeah, either it wasn't put in park properly or something with the brake. But yeah, I, it I wound think up, it was a design flaw. I remember hearing the car like the car. rolled into him and like pinned him between it and like very, his stone mailbox. Very, very awful death. Yeah, so they, it really sucked what happened to him. So. Uh, and that happened just, uh, I don't know if you, have you ever seen Green Room? I have, that's one I keep, I'm like, I need to watch that. And I still have never gotten yes, around to it, but I need I to. I love that movie. So if, if you've never heard of Green Room, that's a really good Anthony Elgin movie. And he, he had just, I had just seen him in that, it felt like, and then that happened. And he was the J.J. Abrams, yes. Calvin Timeline, Star Trek movies, well, Odd, Odd Thomas, the Dean Koontz adaptation thing. So yeah, he'd been in a bunch of stuff. Just a crazy, just such a random, weird shit. Uh, And then we have John Hawks, who he really had a moment there for a while, for a couple of years, because he was like on Deadwood and stuff, and he was kind of around, but he was like a character actor who wasn't, he certainly wasn't, you know, a second or third build in a movie. But then he did, I think, was it The Lovely Bones? Oh, was he in The Lovely Bones? I'm trying to remember what... What movie, whatever movie it was, oh, he. Oh, you're thinking of Winter's Bone he was in with uh, that. Yeah, Wolf. that's the one. But he yeah, got nominated or won an Oscar that year. And then it seemed like for three or four years there, he was going to, like, every year it was like, is John Hawks going to get nominated every year now? It's just like a thing that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of petered love, out now. But I really like him. And the first thing I ever saw him in was uh, From Dusk Till Dawn. Do you remember that? He's in the opening sequence. He's the sort of the hick gas. Oh, that's for- right. <laughs> yeah that that's a great role and then after that it was eastbound and down so seeing him in all these serious things oh that's right like, uh, he, he, he really blows me away and he's good in this as well he how would you describe his character i guess sort of like uh an incompetent reprobate i guess like a he's a he's sort of a a, a low-rent criminal i guess you'd say yeah i think the movie describes him as an itinerant criminal uh career criminal like he's just he never has never held down a real job he just always has some scheme going one of those kind of low rent scuzz bags career criminal there's no training for that something like that so how are we guess the plot it kind of meanders i feel so i guess we could describe it yeah i don't this shouldn't take too long i don't have i have barely have a page of notes on this but it's one of those that starts in the middle kind of in media res and then we'll go back and see what happened before that but you've got anton yelkin's pierre is his character's name which seems like an aggressively written name you know what i mean like not that that there are people named pierre but you know he definitely place but that said i do feel like the movie sort of addressed how odd it was because as eventually at one point uh john hawks trying to find him so he he remembers the name pierre pierre sticks in his head so uh, i'm gonna give them a pass on that one myself he's walking along the side of the road he's carrying a rose bush his car is broken down and john hawks whose character's name is shane pulls up and like offers him a ride cool and they're having a little bit of chit chat, and he then shakes him down for twenty bucks. Too. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, he gave me twenty bucks for gas," and he's like, "I'm not going that far." <laughs> like, but you know, that, that that's fine. But then he kind of just stops early and is like, "Give me that rose bush and get out, and give me my twenty bucks." <laughs> he's just like an yeah, asshole, yeah. and he's like, "Look, I'll get out. That's fine." Or at first he's like, "You know, it's not that much further. Like, you could take me," but no. But 
he's like, but this this rose bush is a gift for somebody. You can't have it. <laughs> but he like they yeah. re- they wrestle over it and fight I over just it. Love that he wants it. Yeah, they end up fighting over the rose bush. Two grown men. Well, it's like he's not gonna give me. Tw- I'm not gonna get twenty bucks out of him, so I might as well <laughs> steal this rose bush, I guess. <laughs> but I thought he was reaching for the money, wasn't he? He was like, okay, here's the twenty, and then he's like, and you can give me the plant. Yeah, he just got greedy. Everybody's like, I'm not giving you the plant. <laughs> yeah, he got too greedy. But so they kind of, yeah, they have a bit of a tussle. He pushes Pierre out of the truck and is driving away, and Pierre reaches into his pocket and put. And this will be very important later. But yes, because everything is connected, right? The universe and everything yes. is, and time is a flat circle, and blah 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 blah. Pulls this rock out of his pocket and just whips it at the truck, probably not thinking he's even going to hit him, just kind of out of anger. And it winds up going through the back window, hitting John Hawks in the back of the head, and he drives his truck off the road. Yeah. So Pierre runs over to, like, check. He's unconscious. And in the, sort of at his feet where he was sitting, is a big duffel bag full of money, which he takes. And that's your inciting incident right there. Well, not the rest of the movie, but it goes back. From here we go to before then. Yeah, and our have sort of our main narrator is Aaliyah Shawkat, who's Pierre's yeah. only friend, Carrie. But we do get we get narration from Stella at one point. We get narrated. It's kind of all over the place, but which again, as a book, probably makes a little more sense. But yeah, I wonder if the book has different points of view, like every chapter or something like that. Because I felt like the narration was inconsistent in this. Sometimes there were narrations under the book. It, it didn't end with any narration. Oh wait, yes, it did. Stella it has a little fun. bit at the end there. Yeah. Yeah, Leah Shawkat. She's always good and stuff. I like. She was in Green Room. Oh, she was in Green Room too. Interesting. Yeah, I gotta watch this movie, man. Yeah, it's fantastic. That's Patrick Stewart too, right? As a Nazi. Yes. Yeah. Neo Nazi. Yes. Yeah, I, I gotta watch that this weekend. <laughs> but yeah, she was. She played maybe on Arrested Development, of course, and she's also in a show that I really like, Search, uh, Party. Search Party. Yeah, which I'm gonna go on record as saying is the. One of the strangest shows that's ever been on television. Just if you look at if you look at where it started to where it ends up, because like season one is like, oh, this girl is missing and we're gonna like find her. And by the end, she's leading. Oh yeah, okay. But it it is a very different show by the end of season four than what it started as, and it goes a lot of weird places. So it's a it's a fun show. Yeah, everybody's good in this movie. It's just the material is not that great, so it's kind of like. They end up seeming kind of bored at times. Yeah, it's a very simple sort of. It's almost like kind of like the low rent version of Sam Raimi's A Simple Plan, that movie with Billy Bob Thornton and. Um, well, yeah, it's got that sort of. Or a Coen Brothers, of, yeah. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, it's sort of similar setup to No Country for Old Men, but it's absolutely not that kind of tone. It's got this very sort of light and breezy tone throughout the movie, even in the in the climax. Of it. But it's also people sitting around having really deep esoteric conversations about life and existence yeah. and time, and and there's also uh, a ghost in it, <laughs> and yeah, not so to jump too far that. ahead, but so, so it's weird. So what's established is John Hawks' character Shane is uh, an itinerant criminal, and he was hired to burn down a house, and it was supposed to be an empty house, but there was someone there, and it was someone who's hired to house sit. It was Zoe Deschanel's character. So Zoe Deschanel dies in a house fire, and then from that point on, she's a ghost. Well, then that's the thing. It's not they, it's not like an M Night twist that they save till the end of the movie. But oh, they never up, they never come right out and tell you right away. Oh, she's a ghost. Yeah. But you can you can figure it out. Yes. But she, it's done so blasé and so like no big deal. She's just like 
you know? Because <laughs> you see the house burn down, and then the firemen are coming, and you see her sort of walking away naked. And I'm like, hold on a fucking second. It's like, is she a ghost now, right now? Like, it's in the first five minutes of the movie. But they never, yeah. no one ever says, like, oh, you're a ghost. The word ghost is well, never said in this movie. Eventually she does, she does. Eventually she does say to Andrew Elchin, I'm a ghost, and she explains what her... Oh, does she wait at the end? Yeah, yeah, she does. So we got. We also got to mention, because we're talking about... So she wanders away from this fire that killed her as a spirit, and she's found by Frank Langella, who plays a very, very strange character. He seems to be a ghost or, or some sort of supernatural being or person, because he, he seems to know how things are going to play out, and he's sort of cryptic. And I remember there's a few conversations they have where it's sort of like, well, what's going to happen? He's like, whatever's going to happen kind of stuff. What, what impression did you get of this character? I never I never took it that he was a ghost because he certainly, like, he shows up at the play later and, like, Leah Shockett's like, oh, that's the guy I was talking about. Like, so he's a guy around town that people know. He's just, like, this hermit. Right, right. But, but he definitely has, as soon as the second he sees Zoe Deschanel, he's like, oh, this is a ghost and I have to help her. <laughs> like, yes, he just that's knows. What I mean. There's something about him that he seems to know, or and well, at one point Anton Yelchin's like, I haven't seen this guy, and then that event, I guess he only gets pointed out when at the end when Zoe, uh, sorry, Leah Sharkat's like, there he is at the play, but at one point Anton Yelchin's like, I haven't seen this person that you're talking about, and questions whether <laughs> Frank Langella even exists. But what the what the rules of this ghosthood are, <laughs> and I don't need everything explained to me, but this this. <laughs> The ghost, the ghost in this movie is unlike a ghost in any other movie I've ever seen because literally everyone can see her. She can come and go yes. wherever she wants. She can just talk to people and it's like she's a person and they have no idea she's a ghost. She can drive a car at one point. <laughs> like, yeah. She can just take car keys and go drive a car. Like, So she's almost more like a zombie. It reminds me of, and this is going to be, seem like an odd comparison to make, but an American Horror Story where they'll have baffling things like that happen like a ghost driving a car and you'll be watching you'll be like wait a second this doesn't make any sense like there, there's one scene i was thinking of from that that show where a ghost character went to visit their lover in prison and they were wearing mm-hmm. the sky yeah so it's kind of like what has happened why is a ghost driving a car and what are, what are the rules like that that Philly episode, what are the rules? I need to know the rules of the magic to, to, to go along with it. But I, I do think it's all tied up into this metaphysical talk that they get into in the movie where they get into, they don't say it in these exact terms, but they get into the concept of time as a flat circle and how everything that's ever happened or will happen has already happened and we're just waiting, that kind of stuff. But I don't feel like the movie made me care about those ideas you know what i mean like it, it, the story itself like it, it plays with them but it, it just wasn't that engaging a story yeah because it plays so fast and loose with them like the idea is that the her and anton yelkin are there's a destiny there they're intertwined he's also intertwined with this lady with the scars on her face and everything's almost like a magnolia oh, style of like everything is linked together you know yes. but so maybe she's not even a ghost. Maybe she's like a weird time displaced. Like they well, were supposed to meet, but they didn't because she burned in this fire. So she's going to stay alive until they do. And they, so they can serve their purpose, but he's destined to avenge her. Like who knows, man? I don't know. It's, it's a yeah. lot of hogwash. So that, um, so Zoe Deschanel's ghost is now living with Frank Langella. And then 
how does the the oh okay so how the the woman with the scars on her face that you mentioned uh she comes into play pierre works at a bar and one night he's leaving work and she's sitting on his car sort of expectantly and like out of the sort of generosity drives her home she's got these very noticeable scars and he's very rude about it like he's yeah he's like you look like you got attacked by a bear First, he's like, do you mind me asking about it? Like, he, no, he's like, well, how did you get your scars? And then he says, I hope that's how I would question or something like that. It's like, I think you kind of took the cart before the horse there. And uh, she ends up telling, wait, how did she get the scars? It was. Um, she said too much speed, which oh, so I, yeah. you assume means a car accident, but it could also have a double meaning if she was yeah, on drugs yeah. and had a car accident. So who knows? But she, her, so then, her only wish in the world is to get plastic surgery to fix it. You know, because she and she specifically mentions a pile of cash. She's like, the only way that'll happen is if I get a pile of cash. So of course, we did see in the opening, the Anton Yelchin gets a pile of cash. So back to the lucky rock. When Anton Yelchin dropped this woman off at her house, she gives him her lucky rock. Did she say where she got it from? I forget. I don't remember. She's just like, this is my lucky rock. Thanks for giving me a ride. You can have it. So it didn't mean a whole, that much to her, I guess. Later on, and uh, so that's the rock he threw and then uh, knocked out John Hawks. And so Anton Yeltsin takes the money and eventually we see that he gives it to to the, the, the woman with the scars. He like drops it off in the doorway, rings the bell and leaves the rock with it. Uh, oh, we forgot... Um, there's a kind of funny scene where he goes to try and buy a bunch of roses for Zoe Deschanel, and they only sell them to Bush. And I thought, for some reason, I thought it was really funny when when he asked for one plant, they bring it out on a forklift. Yeah, it's literally like just one potted plant, and he forklifted in. That 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 was funny. Well, he was looking to just buy like you know, hey, can That's I buy a, do- a dozen roses or something, you know? But no, they don't sell it that way. Yeah. So Leah Shawkatz has one friend. She comes over to sort of see him. There's and we get kind of his backstory a little bit. He went away to college, and both his parents died, so he kind of he either dropped out or he finished college, but he came back, and he's broke, so now he's working as this bartender, and he doesn't really have... To, she's kind of his only friend, so... He's his own driftless area. Yeah, the driftless area, the name comes from... Because this is, like, way northern Minnesota or something, so it's... I can't remember... Sort of my neck. It's kind of between our neck of the woods. <laughs> it's, it, it, well, the driftless area, I looked it up, is in the Midwest states. And uh, this place, I know they take place in and around the place called Shale, I think. So I don't know which state that's in. Well, they have Minnesota plates on the cars. Oh, okay. I noticed that for okay. sure because I'm very familiar with them. Yeah, it seemed to me like it's like way up sort of by the, there's like this area between, I don't know, like by the Canadian border or something where, I don't know why it's called the Driftless area. I don't remember, but. Yeah, I, I looked at it and I didn't quite get an explanation for the, the, the meaning of, it, uh, of the name itself. And I'm sure it has some kind of double meaning with time or the afterlife or something like that as well but yeah. i can't be bothered <laughs> kind of so yeah tim is trying to frank langella's name yeah and the two of them he and zoe additional stella definitely have very like no one talks like this like she walks up and yeah. he's like oh i made a fire i made it for you and she's like i was in a fire and he's like i know <laughs> like just just they talk in these very like knowing sort of i don't know yeah, that's what made me feel there's something about his character. Like, he, he seems almost like Gandalf, where he's, he's always sort of wry and knowing. Oh, one line that did make me laugh is when uh, Aaliyah Shokat's narration is explaining who Pierre is. She says, 
He wasn't a string quartet for a semester, but there were creative differences. Yeah, he plays what cello or something. Yeah, he plays cello. Just picture him being an asshole about something involving a cello. Kind of what John Hawks' deal is. It's not even much. Like he he works for Kieran Hines, and Kieran Hines is a used car salesman slash mob boss, I guess. Yeah, or, he's or, kind of the small town head of the criminal element in that area. You know, he's yeah. running all kinds of shady businesses out of his car rental place and aubrey plaza works for him as well she works at the the used car lot and also sort of as like a gopher because uh oh we, we should mention so john hawks uh, a stranger comes by and helps him with his car to let go even max and he ends up robbing her with a knife and taking her car so he drives it to kieran hines place and that's where we meet aubrey plaza's character and she goes and makes his car disappear and uh yeah like it, it sounds like a whole bunch of interesting stuff is coming together here like ooh, there's like used car lot with criminals and uh it never really goes ever like they, they then they start looking for pierre or whatever because uh, shane mentions the situation that happened with this kid that he picked up pierre and yeah yeah none of it none of it really how it comes together in fact and i i, I love aubrey plaza She's great and everything. Like, if you haven't seen Legion, her performance in that show is yes. unfucking believable. And she's great on Parks and Rec. And I mean, she's always good. And she's fine in this too. But I'm I contend that you could remove her character from this movie completely, and it would not change anything. True. Yeah, she really did. <laughs> there, it, that where the movie really meandered is uh, a lot of the scenes of just sort of like the John Hawks hanging out with the other criminals. Like there was a scene of them playing poker or anything. Uh, that was kind of funny where he got all uh, John Hawk's character gets all uppity when he folds on a hand and the guy won't show him his cards whether he won or not and uh, he gets all pissed off about it and starts complaining about how there's a lack of class that that was kind of a funny scene but yeah it, the, the movie just kind of drifts like I'm not trying to make a pun but that's a good <laughs> no it's a very drifting area well and John yeah, Hawks yeah. goes back he is a shitty criminal because he goes back and robs oh, that right. guy he ties yeah, him to a chair and robs that guy to get his like poker money back from that guy. But yeah. he's not wearing a mask. He knows who you are. How did this guy so not... He, lo- he loses a hand of poker and then robs the guy who lost a hand of poker later on. But he doesn't wear a mask or anything like that. Very easily. So th- he's not a very competent criminal, this guy. And the guy gets free and like shoots at his truck with a shotgun. But then there's... We never hear about that again. There's no repercussions yeah, for it whatsoever. <laughs> I forgot about it. I literally just, I watched the movie about half an hour, finished watching the movie about half an hour before I saw that that scene I literally forgot. So Stella the ghost and our hero Pierre meet because Pierre randomly falls down a well. (laughs) He's just walking through the, he's walking around wherever, I guess his property, because he's, I guess he lives at his parents' place now because they died. But yes. It's also very important foreshadowing because and enough time goes by that you completely forget about it. But there's, what does he call them, cow somethings? It's like this sort of like a, a big ditch or divot kind of in the road or in the field at the fence line. Yeah, and it's As, to prevent cattle from going through. Yeah. Is that what it, okay, because it'll be important later. But yeah, and he's trapped in this well and he thinks he's going to probably die. I guess no one has cell phones. <laughs> it's one of those movies. No, um, they, they, uh, they do have cell phones. In fact, I noticed that everyone has a flip phone in this movie. Oh, yeah, I guess he does get a, an important cell phone call later on, but I guess he didn't have and his well, phone on him in his well or something. Cause... Yeah, there's also the part where John Hawks 
finds the one guy he thinks is Pierre, and then it's the wrong guy and breaks that guy's phone. Yeah. But he also stops at a payphone so, on the side of the highway at one point, so who knows. But, yeah, so Pierre has fallen down this well. He thinks he's going to die, and Stella comes along and, like, helps him get out. And that's how they meet. And he's like, you literally saved my life. <laughs> I would have died in there. And so they become friends and more. They fall for each other pretty quickly. But, again, she is a ghost <laughs> or something. Yeah. I mean, she is deceased. And he does not know they that. They have a pretty like meet cute kind of like thing and when she finally saves life they have even a conversation about like almost like a life debt kind of jokingly kind of thing and yeah they have sort of like a standard movie romance and then eventually she's like you know i'm <laughs> she basically just tells him and uh she's like would you believe that or something like that? he's like no well and meanwhile she's having conversations with frank langella who like is letting her stay at her place and he's bringing her food and stuff getting her clothes which i guess she needs but so she still needs to eat and things so what kind of ghost is this and there's a conversation between her and frank langella about like like i guess i'm stuck here until i get revenge on john hawks for burning me up in this house like and tim's like well i'm not going to be the guy like i can't be the guy to do that and you can't really do it so get this pierre guy to do it and she's like no i don't want to do it. i like i actually like him i don't want to mess his life up like that and frank langella his whole thing is like what happened to you was random. You need randomness to fix it. Like, you need this random guy you found in a well to solve this for you. That's, like, the ideology of the movie, I guess. The randomness of the universe, but yet also things are fated and destined, so it's both things at once or whatever. <laughs> it's it's some, it's a strange philosophy that, again, might make more sense in book form. Yeah, I really do wonder how this movie comes across as a book as opposed to... But I suspect we'd have the same problem with the dialogue because I noticed... The author co-wrote the script. Hmm. Yeah, so the book's probably not that different. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. who knows what's edited out to get down to 90 minutes or two hours, you know, whatever. Yeah, but she's a ghost who needs, like, exercise and herbal vitamins because Tim's always, Tim's, Tim gets her, like, a barbell so that she can sit and work out her one yeah, arm and then and he's giving her herbal vitamins. Like, for what? She's fucking dead. What are you, what is this for? I don't understand. What kind of ghost is this? Like, he establishes, she says, like, I've gotten stronger and because he, when he first gives her the tells her to work out he says you need to be strong get strong or something and he tells her to start working out with the barbell without the actual dumbbells on it and then when we see her later she's got weights on it so she's obviously developed but is she becoming more real or something that's very not clear in in this movie at all or is she trying to get her strength back so that she can go kill john hawks but she winds up passing it off to somebody else anyway so it didn't really matter at all it's just kind of yeah. like a lot of things in this movie odd detail uh we have a scene where Kieran Hines tells Shane that, like, no, you fucked up. There was somebody in that house. And he's like, well, look, that's not on me. The information I had said it was an empty house. You sent me there to burn it down for, I'm assuming, insurance money or something. So that's that's not on me. I don't feel bad because, you know, nobody was supposed to be there. Yeah. They, I don't know if that's what this bag of money is from that Pierre has stolen or if it's just no, some no, other the bag, bag of money. The bag of, okay, so I can explain both. Like, or is the bag of money the money he stole from the poker guy? Yes, yes. Okay, that's, that's exactly. how that actually because plays into it. With the poker guy, he loses out, uh, he folds, and uh, then he, you see him talking to another friend of his that was playing a poker game. His friend tells him that the guy's a tax cheat, and he does a lot of cash transactions that he doesn't report, and he keeps the cash in his safe. So that's what he robs. That's where all that cash comes from. I think it's 77000 they say. <laughs> so well, $77,000. Hmm. Well, then I don't understand so much Kieran Hines direct involvement 
in later events where he's gonna like help Shane find Pierre and kill so him. Because if I I assumed that that was like Kieran Hines' money that Shane was handling and got stolen, and that's why he's involved. But if it's just money that Shane went and got for himself from this guy who who made him mad at poker, Kieran Hines doesn't really have any involvement in that, other than like this guy's my buddy, kind of. Shane goes to him and uh, he offers him some of the money, like he tells him the story of what happened, okay. and then the guy and he, he probably there's actually a scene so he promises on the cut, and then later on when they have. Uh, Anthony Elgin uh, and they're driving to supposedly find the money. They start arguing over who gets how much of the money. Yeah, because they and then yeah, there's a sort of a muscle they brought along who's supposed to get a cut. <laughs> so there's argument about like no, his cut comes out of your cut, not my. You know yeah, that sort that, of thing. Kind of... Uh, there's a scene of Zoe Deschanel sunbathing because ghosts yep. need a tan, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, for yeah, what? Yeah. I guess she's just enjoying the things she enjoyed in life. Imagine. Vitamin D. It's like bathing in vitamin D or something. Just says, and then Anthony Ocean joins. But it's yeah, it's more of them sitting around while she's sunbathing, having a cut, yeah, conversations about life and time. And he's like, "Oh, I just read this book that says this and this and this." So he doesn't even have original ideas. <laughs> he's just regurgitating <laughs> some shit he read, trying to impress this girl. But you already got her, yeah, man. The, you don't need that shit. He's very kind of. Uh, I forgot to sort of mention that he very. He's very saint-like in a way. Like he finds the money and he gives it to the the girl with the, the scarred face, and the way he sort of interacts with Zoe Deschanel, it, it's very sort of like what a guy, you know? Like they're they're really setting up like what a what a sweet character this is and what a what a tragedy would ever be if anything were to happen to this guy. Yeah, and he will go. I mean, he's gonna go so out of his way to help other people. I mean, beyond just giving the money to this lady he just met because she has scars on her face, but also he's willing to, like, risk his life and kill someone and possibly die yeah. to avenge this girl he kind of just met. Which, look, I get. Zoe Deschanel was fucking adorable. I understand. You meet, you meet a ghost and see if you can... <laughs> I mean, look, if she looks like Zoe Deschanel, I'll help out. But also, well, while we're talking about performances, and, and I like Zoe Deschanel a lot, I think she, I think she works much better as a comedic actress i think she's great on new girl she's funny in a lot of things elf elf i don't know that she has a ton of dramatic range like in here and maybe it's because she's playing a ghost or a dead person or something she's very flat all the time yeah she's very kind of dazed in this movie in fact the only scene where she seems kind of pun intended i guess alive just like as an actress where she's actually like emoting and expressing (laughs) is at the very end when they're like together again and he's dead too, she's actually like right. smiling and talking like a normal person, like with some inflection in her voice. But mo- the rest of the movie, she, yeah, she's just very flat, very. So I don't know if that's what the role called for, or if she's just better as a comedic actress. I don't know if, wonder, if drama yeah, is her I bag. That sort of ethereal sense or something like that. I don't know, but whatever, whatever. She would, she would. I would say she's the, the weak link. Frank Langella is just kind of there. He doesn't really have to do much acting. Or, uh, Anton Yelchin. When I say the cast carried it, I wouldn't even say they ne- anyone necessarily did a good job. I'm just like, oh, I like these people, so I'll see where this is going to go. But unfortunately, they don't take aging with this, with this particular movie. Yeah, because like I said, like Aubrey Plaza, you could take out completely and it wouldn't really affect the movie. It's really yeah. John Hawks and Anton Yelchin carrying this thing. On their yeah. shoulders, the two of them. Everybody else is kind of just there. Because, yeah, Frank Langella is such a small part. So additional, like I said, is flat all the time. And just kind of dazedly walking around. So 
It's really those two giving it their all. There's a scene where Ab when the night that John Hawks as Shane first meets Aubrey Plaza, she's like hanging out at Karen's Karen Hines' house, and I guess there's sort of like sparks between them, but they just met. But he's he um they're having a conversation, but you know he's like, okay, I'm gonna find this guy, maybe you can help me. And she gets she goes to leave, and he's like, no, wait a second, come sit on my back. <laughs> she's like. Hang on, is this like a, this is like a kink thing for you? And he's like, no, 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 I fuck my back up when I drove my truck off the road, and it'll help. And look, not for nothing, <laughs> Aubrey Plaza can sit on my back any old time. If that's a new like fetish, I'm here for it because <laughs> that sounds pretty okay. Yeah, and she just sits on his back, and they keep talking while she <laughs> just sits yeah, on sits. Just sits on his back and on the sofa. When you do that, you're supposed to like dig in, man. She probably just stepped on his back and like. Have you ever had a knot on your back like that? Yeah, it's not much of a massage, but I guess maybe he just needed like you know, sort of like crack my back. But you're not a big strong like you're a right. girl. She's probably not that much smaller than him, really. John Hawks isn't a big guy, but I don't know. It's kind of sexy, regardless. <laughs> anyway, it works out. So Carrie, Aaliyah Shawkat's character, meets Stella. So again, this ghost can just meet. She's not only yeah. seen by specific people because Carrie shows up to talk to Pierre and Stella's there. She's like, oh, hey, you must be... Stella seems to know. She's like, oh, you're oh, you're Carrie. Pierre talks about you all the time. You're like his best friend. Come in. And they have a conversation. So Carrie meets this girl. But it seems like Stella only talks to people in one-on-one situations. She's never with more than one person. So maybe that's yeah, a ghost that's thing. Like she's with Frank, Jella, Frank Langella, just the two of them. Or she's with Pierre, just the two of them. Or with Carrie, just the two of them. Or with John Hawks, just the two of them. Yeah. But she's yeah, never with point. more than one person at a time. Like, maybe that's the rules. She can Anybody can see her, but only one person at a time. I don't maybe. know. <laughs> it's odd. Maybe the book explains all the rules. Maybe. Or maybe there are no rules, and that's the point. <laughs> I don't know. But, so the guy who owns the bar had bought Pierre's dead father's car and gives it to him as a gift. Because he his car... He doesn't have the money to fix his car that's sitting on dead on the side of the road somewhere. So he gets his dad's like green convertible, like a classic. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. So he's driving Stella around in that, and it, yeah, it does. And again, it doesn't really come to much except he has wheels now, I guess. He has a conversation with a guy he works with at the bar where he asks, because at this point he knows that like somebody's going to be coming after me for this money. Like there's going to be repercussions yeah. that I gave this, I took this money and gave it away. And he has a conversation with this guy that he works with at the bar, like, hey, have you ever had someone, af- like, come after you? And the guy tells this story about, like, oh, yeah, me and my buddies were at a bar one time, and they, my buddy got in a fight with these guys, and I helped out. And then, like, weeks later, I saw those guys at a- another bar when I was by myself, and they beat the shit out of me. <laughs> like, which was it? I mean, I don't know that they were coming at. That's not them, like, hunting you down. That was happenstance. That, that, you yeah. happened to run into them again. So it's not quite the same. Yeah, it's not the same thing as someone, like, hunting you down. Which is what he was asking. So, yeah, they start trying to find out where Pierre is. And it's a friggin' small town, so I can't imagine how... And thankfully, the movie does acknowledge, like, it can't be that hard to find someone named Pierre in a small town. Yeah. Or the next town over, or whatever it is. Because it's actually... Yeah. I guess Aubrey Plaza's purpose in this movie is to figure things out for John Hawks, because he's not very smart. Though you could have taken her out and just had Kieran Hines make this suggestion, but... He's like, yeah. how am I going to find this guy? I All I know is his name. And she's like, why don't you call the fire department? They know a small town like this. They know everybody. And it won't yeah. be hard to find a guy named Pierre. So call the fire department. Tell them, hey, I gave this guy a ride. And he left his, don't say money, because that's too, like, 
that doesn't mean anything. It has to be something special. Say he left his like fancy harmonic in his in your car, and you want to get it back to him, and they will help. They'll tell you where this PR guy is. And it works. So that's kind of her only role in this. And the harmonica boy works because he calls the fire department, and then it, that's how he finds out that he works at the bar, right? Yeah, but then he gets for some reason he gets the wrong guy first. Like he, there's a guy sitting in the yeah. bar parking lot, and he jumps in this guy's car and holds him at knife point. And, is like, and the guy does not look like Anton Yeltsin. Like, Anton Yeltsin's a pre-existing looking guy. So, no, it should not take Shane this long to figure out this is not the right guy. <laughs> it takes the guy taking his license out at night point for the for John Hawks to be like, oh, this is the wrong guy. Like, I know it's dark, <laughs> but, I mean, you sat in your truck like, with Anton Yeltsin for several minutes while you drove him down the road and then tussled with him over a rose bush. You should remember what he looks like. I got the impression maybe that was supposed to be sort of like funny that John Hawk's character is so dumb that he doesn't even recognize a kid, but it definitely wasn't funny, so maybe not. But again, he so he winds up getting out of the car and leaving this kid alone. Well, he like duct tapes his head to the whatever, and he's like, "If you look at me, I'll come back and stab yeah, you or whatever." But he like, already ah, saw you; <laughs> like he's already been talking to you. So to, to just leave him there as a witness is again. But there's no. I guess he's too scared to report it or something because there's no. There's no, no... In this town. <laughs> there doesn't appear to be no. Well, yeah, you don't see what happened with the lady that he robbed with his. Yeah, the, I mean. The, the the robbery where he stole the money from the guy who wasn't reporting his income, like, that makes sense that the guy wouldn't necessarily come after him, like, through the cops or something like that. But as you mentioned, like, we don't hear from that guy again. So there, there's quite a few little plot threads that, that just get left dangling like that. Yeah, because think, if if John Hawks is willing to go to these this lengths, these lengths to get this bag of money back from Anton Yelkin, why isn't the guy... That he, that John Hawks stole the money from going to these links to get the money back from John Hawks. Like, you know, he's obviously not scared of him. He was shooting at him as he was leaving. So, I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter. So, Shane got the wrong guy, but he, but he gets the right girl because he comes back and winds up, yeah, he winds up sleeping with Aubrey Plaza, who's, who's like, got a, who's cut his knife open with his shirt, shirt, or (laughs) cutting his knife open with his shirt, sure, cutting his shirt open with a knife and like running a knife. So, she's got, She's a little kooky too, this girl. And that's the last that's the last we ever see her. <laughs> yeah. She tells him what he should do, and then they sleep together, and then exit stage left Aubrey Plaza. Mm. Again, the, the kind of a useless character, but well, Aaliyah Shawcat doesn't do much either. I don't think. No, she's got maybe three minutes of screen time. They have a conversation at the beginning. She that's goes to the play, and then she's in it for a hot second at the very end, and that's. That's about it. She she serves as the narrator, but in the actual story, she doesn't serve much of a point. No. Yeah, so at this point, yeah, he leaves the money on the Lady with the Scars front porch. Stella kind of tries to talk him into running away. Because Frank Langella's whole thing is like, no, he needs to be the guy to go and like take care of John Hawks for you. But she doesn't want... She likes him. She doesn't want to put him in danger or whatever. She's like, you could just leave. Like, don't worry about me. Just like, you drop the money off, just get out of town. But he doesn't. He wants to take care of this for her. But it's not like... But John Hawks isn't out looking for her. John Hawks has no idea she's walking around. He assumes she's yeah, a burnt-up pile of ash somewhere. So He's dead as far as he's concerned. Yeah. It's really a revenge thing. It's not like, oh, he's coming yeah. back to get me because I... Like, no, he thinks you're dead. He, he's not looking for you. He's surprised to see you the next time he sees you. So I just have to interject. I really wonder what the tone someone listening to this podcast would think this movie has because we're you know what i mean like i can only it sounds like it's a bit of a crime story it sounds like it's got a sort of a 
spiritual element to it. It's got, I can only imagine what someone hearing us describe the movie would think it's like. But if I if I really had to sort of summarize it, it's got all these interesting ideas, but it's just sort of like going through the motions, kind of without much flavor and without much sort of I guess um, energy. Yeah, low low energy is a very good description. Everything is and everyone in it is very low energy, and it is it is a lot of different sort of not even necessarily competing ideas just you have this love story with a ghost you have the ghost you have the time and destiny stuff you have the randomness stuff you have this crime drama going on and it's all just kind of thrown in a blender together and it you know it doesn't yeah, no one, necessarily no coalesce yeah it's not a comedy but it's not a straight up drama because it also has this weird supernatural element to it but it's not like a horror movie or a thriller like there's nothing terribly there's nothing really thrilling about this even a even a, a gunfight and a shootout is kind of just eh. <laughs> you know there's nothing yeah we'll get to that uh we're almost there now uh, yeah so... i knew this would go fast because there's not like i said there's not much to it really even though he should be laying low he's trying to lay low pierre is because he knows john hawks is out looking for him as he would be but, and he figures it out because he's hanging out with his buddy, and one of the firemen comes up to him and says, "Hey, guess what? You're gonna get your harmonica back." And then Anthony Austin's like, "What harmonica?" Yeah. So he realizes that someone's after him, and he's figured, so he knows Shane is getting closer to him. But Aaliyah Shawkat comes over and's like, "Hey, the play's going on tonight for bank robber days. Is some weird <laughs> weekend festival or something this little town has where?" Yeah, apparently yeah, they, the town has some terrible play that happens every year, and they do establish that it is a terrible play, at least according to Anthony Elchin and Aaliyah Shawkat. But it takes place and, in, like, a barn? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she comes over and she's like, hey, we always went to the play when we were growing up. To, you know, like, come to play with me. And he's like, eh, I'm really trying to, like, just stay at home without telling her why. But he, she talks him into going. And meanwhile, Shane and his... Well, Shane and Karen Hines and some other... Kyle or Lyle, whatever this guy's name is, just the muscle they brought with them, come to the bar and looking for Pierre, who's not working, but the buddy is, and he's wisely is like, I don't know you, I don't know where Pierre is, you know. But then this other random customer or something is like, oh, he's probably over at the play. Everybody's over at the play, and rats like rats him out so they know where to go. So they, yeah, they catch up to him at the play. Like, well, he gets a call. He's sitting in the play with Aaliyah Shockhead. He gets a call from his buddy. Who's like, hey, some guys were just here asking about you. So he gets up to leave. They catch him in the parking lot. They kind of rough him up a bit. You know, where's our fucking money? He's like, I buried it in the woods out by this shack. And they're like, I don't know if we believe you, but we're gonna go find out. <laughs> so they pile, they pack him in the car with them. He's directing them out to this shack in the woods, where we've seen him hanging out with Stella and having more deep conversations about shit. He tricks them into driving into the thing that was. Very important that he pointed out at the beginning, this, this cow, whatever, this divot, this big divot in the road, he tricks them into driving into that. So the car is kind of disabled and they all, you know, hit their heads or whatever. He jumps out and runs to the shack where he's got a shotgun waiting that we've seen him loading. And so Shane, Karen Hines, and this other guy are having an argument about, well, who's going to take the flashlight? Who's going to go around the corner and look for him? And they're all kind of like, <laughs> in fact, Karen Hines has, it's probably my favorite line in the movie. He's like, this is the part of the movie where the one guy takes out who's outnumbered takes out all the bad guys you know like we're the bad guys and this is not going to go well so i'm going to take off you got this right shane bye i know the car yeah. doesn't work but i'm going to figure it out see ya so he leaves and it's just shane and kyle or lyle whatever this guy's name is and he winds up shane winds up shooting that guy it's before uh, yeah Kieran before he leaves. leaves yeah because the guy's uh, well i forget what he just basically 
John Hawks off by bickering, and then John Hawks just shoots the guy, and the guy dies pretty quickly. And then after that, Kieran leaves, I believe. Yeah, and then the big showdown, I guess you'd call it. Well, he where... can he can see that Shane is losing it. I mean, Shane's always kind of, it seems like has always kind of been an albatross around his neck, because there's a scene where yeah. Shane calls in the middle of the night, and it's Kieran Hines and his wife in bed. And she's like, oh, God, here we go. Because <laughs> she's well, used to these late night calls where Shane calls because he's in some kind of trouble. And she clearly doesn't doesn't care for him. Yeah. So Kieran Hines has learned his, whose character name I don't think I ever wrote down. <laughs> but um, I, 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 I might have got it. But he, what? yeah, he ditched it. He's like, all right, this is this is enough now. You just shot, you just shot Lyle for no reason. Because first John Hawks is like, oh, he's fine. <laughs> he's like, no, you shot him in the heart. He's not fine. I'm leaving. Bye. So it's just the two of them. They spy each other in the woods. They each get a shot off at each other. But like, this is the big climax. Like, it's not like a chase through the woods or like a cat and mouse kind of like, they just kind of spot each other through the trees. They each take a shot no, and they both fall down. There is a there is a bit of a, a, John Hawks leaves the flashlight as a trap. Like he dangles it from a tree and yeah. lures out to know to go see it. And then when he sees it, they see each other, turn and shoot at each other. So... John Hawks gets hit in like the belly with the, the shotgun blast. Um, very small wound. Like you got shot by a shotgun at pretty decent range. You'd be a mess. And then Anna and Yelchin got hit in the throat or, or in the neck. Yeah. And then Stella appears because, yeah, right before that, there was a scene where it's her and Frank Langella hanging out. And he's like, and he says to her, like, it's happening out at the orchard right now. How do you know that? Again, what? who is this character? Yeah. How does he know that? And he just hands her car keys and she puts on her coat and leaves, leaving us to believe that she got in a car and drove out there. Which, if I have to what drive is this when I'm a ghost, I'm going to be very upset. Yeah, man, you're supposed to be flying. That's what ghosts yeah. are being about. And yeah, the, you have to worry about gas prices and the afterlife. Yeah, forget it. Yeah, so Especially she comes out the woods and uh, Zoe Deschanel talks to John Hawks. And she basically tries to get him to confess his sin of burning the house down. And I don't think he actually replies lies he says but, uh, like he says i see a light is that me or you and she's oh like that's you <laughs> like yeah. you're you, you're seeing the you know go towards the light because you're dying it's not me like glowing yeah. or something so, so yeah but, dying as well but i don't know what what did she other than him dying i guess that's her fans but what does she get out of it he, she didn't really get any acknowledgement from him of like oh you're that girl i killed sorry you know, she didn't get an apology. She just got to, like, what, watch him die, I guess? Yep, that's good enough. She's a bloodthirsty ghost. <laughs> Very mellow bloodthirsty ghost. But Anton Yelkin is also dying, and she goes over to him. And then he wakes up, and they're, like, in a sunny-like place together. And she's smiling in there. So I guess this is the afterlife now? She can move on with him, and they get to be together in air quotes heaven or whatever this is? I don't yeah, know. Afterlife of some kind, so yay. So I guess it worked out for him. <laughs> and there's a little bit of a denouement, I guess is that the right word, but where we see because Pierre didn't have a lot of stuff, but to his few friends that he had, he left. He just wrote a note that's like, "My buddy from the bar gets my hat. Aaliyah Shawcats gets the car of yeah. his dad's, and then he says Stella gets." something because he again that tells me he does not know that stella's a ghost if he's leaving stella things in his will because he's like, expecting I, to die well i guess he doesn't believe it because like i said there was that scene where 
she does admit it and he and she said would you believe that and he says no so i guess he literally just didn't believe she was a ghost well i mean that's fair i wouldn't either. <laughs> yeah well especially because they had like an entire relationship yeah they did like sleep together yeah like we see them like making out and like getting you know prepared preparing to get in bed so you banged Good a ghost bro <laughs> you and dan Aykroyd. that's the only two we know <laughs> and that's i mean that's it that's the driftless area that's kind it. of a ho-hum yeah. it's worth watching just because it's a, a great collection of actors well even if none of them are a doing trap. a lot it's a trap because you'd see all the great actors you might be like oh i'll give this one a watch but i'd see skip i'd say this is skip yeah, there's, there's not much to it. It doesn't, again, the ghost stuff doesn't make much sense at all. <laughs> maybe, like, again, maybe it makes more sense in the book. Gonna but... a, you're going to get an angry email or something where someone's going to be like, actually, and they're going to explain the ghost based on the book or something. Hopefully, someone email uh, me or uh, Heath here an angry explanation for how the ghosts are supposed to work and tell us how stupid we are because we don't understand. Well, but also, I don't know that... I mean, again, I hadn't heard of this book before. I certainly hadn't heard of this movie, which is odd considering all the people in it. But the fact that there's this... Yeah. Su there's such a great cast in this movie and I still hadn't heard of it tells me this probably isn't a terribly popular movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it probably... I certainly didn't get a nationwide theatrical release or anything, so... No. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it probably has fans. I, 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 I don't think it's terrible, especially compared to many many things that i watch in this show it's just kind of it just it's a movie that exists it it's kind of just there you know it's kind of just that you're gonna end up a, a full quote on like the blu-ray or something <laughs> yeah, right. it's kind of just there <laughs> it's a movie you can watch that's so random <laughs> yeah i don't know not great not terrible as many things on this show are. Yeah, it's hard for me. Like, it's hard for me to say it was terrible, but I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, it's just simul. It's somehow simultaneously trying to do too much and also trying to do very, very little and succeeding at neither. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> you know, it's kind of just it's throwing and, and a lot of stuff in the air and not much of it sticks. And I, at first, I mentioned like I, I sense sort of a wry sense of humor, and I guess it's kind of there, through the, but it just wasn't as consistent as I was hoping, and it just was a, a little too dry, I guess, or maybe I'm giving it too much credit. Well, but I also I think it's giving itself too much credit because it really is up its own ass with this stuff about time and destiny, and you know, I agree these with that. deep and... philosophical conversations that characters are having that don't. And again, maybe in the book, it's some big grand plan and it all, you know, but here it just seems like people talking the way people don't talk. <laughs> and then, and that sort of shoehorned into this kind of small town crime movie. Crime. So I don't know. Yeah. Eh, it is what it is. That's the Driftless Area from 2015. It is that time of the episode where I press the magic button to see what next week's episode, chosen completely at random from everything streaming, will be. Pressing the magic button now. Next week's movie is Alterverse. It is on Tubi. Okay, hold on. The poster says Alterverse, and on Tubi it says Alterverse, but actually on my thing it says it's called Occupants. And it says it's from 2015, but when you look on Tubi it says it's from 2020, so <laughs> I don't know. This might be a case of... It, it's either something that sat on a shelf for five years and then they re-release it under a different title? I don't know. But if you, That's as far as watching it goes, when you look it up on Tubi, it is called Alterverse, one word. Let's see here. 
should read a description. A documentarian named Annie has roped her husband into a project that involves setting up cameras throughout their house. Okay, so this must be a found footage movie. Complications arise when the cameras start showing that same couple in an alternate universe. So that's an interesting premise. We'll see uh, if the budget can sustain it. <laughs> because <laughs> That's the real question. Yeah, we'll see. So yeah, that's everyone's homework for next week. Should you choose to accept it? Alterverse or possibly the occupants on uh no they're okay don't look there's another movie called the occupants on tubi that has like the woman from uh what's her name christy maloney maloney who was who was the uh the mother that oh, from the end of i met your mother and she was on uh palm springs so that's that's a different movie don't watch that one it's called uh, <laughs> on tubi it's called ultraverse forget i said anything about occupants unless you're looking i guess at imdb that's how you have to look it up confusing anyway ultraverse on tubi from 20 well again tubi says 2020 <laughs> everything else is 2015 so we'll see what that's about i will research more later but that is next week's movie where can people find you sir places it's on twitter yeah just it's twitter? twitter by paul andrew you're not leaving because elon musk bought it <laughs> uh, the, uh that's a whole that's a whole podcast episode right there uh <laughs> I, I i'm i know people uh, today at least one of my friends left today but uh i I'm going to kind of wait and see. My my concern is the moderation is going to get so much work. Like, the, you know how you try and report someone, they're like, this, mm-hmm. uh, this death threat wasn't deadly enough or whatever right. they say. When, so my concern is that's going to get so much work. Is that, So that's my bold prediction for, for, for Twitter. I mean, I figure Twitter is already owned by billionaires. So what's one more? That's a good point. <laughs> good I mean, point. I guess not all millionaires, you know, some are worse than others, but... I don't know, but yeah, I had I was getting DMs from people like, "Come find me over here," and I'm like, in light of the news, and I'm like, "What news? Oh my god, what happened?" <laughs> and then I look, I'm like, "Oh, Elon Musk bought Twitter. That's all this is, and everybody's leaving." Okay, I'm not, <laughs> at least not yet. We'll see what happens. But this is the Twitter's the only place that I really kind of pimp the show out. I don't because my Instagram is just pictures of my baby, and I don't really have any. I don't do Facebook, so Twitter's the only social media I really have. That and yeah, me Slasher, too. so. And I only put horror episodes on there. So without Twitter, I really have no way to advertise the show at all at the moment. So I'm not going anywhere. Well, Elon that's Musk exactly why I, I have that wait and see approach. Because, like, you know, I don't think the sky's falling, but I do have my concerns. So I'm at least going to wait and see what happens before I go, like, oh, I'm not going on there anymore. I was Like I said, I had a friend of mine say, like, they, they contacted me to get uh, other, inf- like, contact information so we could stay in touch. So that was kind of surprising. But uh, people are taking it pretty seriously, and I don't necessarily blame them. It's just uh, I can't. It's almost like a luxury to get on tw- uh, Twitter in a sense because there's some people that I only have contact through Twitter, so I'm gonna have to start. 100. percent Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, but my thing is, you every day on there you have people saying like, "Oh, why do I even get on this hell site?" <laughs> well, like, yeah, so it's already yeah. like, so what's going to change tomorrow? Like, if it's already this terrible place that you kind of hate being, like, <laughs> what's going to be different? Well, wait, Maybe we'll get an wait. edit button finally. That'll be different. <laughs> oh, the edit button's a whole podcast episode of its own. <laughs> well, enough about Twitter. Other than to say that on Twitter, I am at Heath Lambert78. The show is That's So Random P2. Uh, the show has an email address, That's So Random Pod at gmail.com. If you do want to for some reason <laughs> tell me the ghost rules in this movie or the book if you've read 
if you've read the book and not tell me I should read it or whatever, or you want to talk about Elon Musk. No, you know what? Don't email me about Elon yeah, Musk. Don't I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't give a shit one way or the other. Artwork for the show by Joe Humphrey, who is at Mr. Joe Humphrey on Twitter and I believe Slasher as well. Uh, I am also on Slasher. I am the co-host of a show called Midwest Movie Maniacs, which <laughs> will hopefully have more episodes coming out soon. There's been real internet problems happening at my co-host's oh, place. No. We put one episode out. We banked, we recorded like three more. So they will come out eventually. <laughs> so <laughs> stick around. But uh, yeah, that's Strictly Horror Movies. So if you're not sick of my voice yet, you can find me over there as well. I think that's it. Since, All I, right. since I never do, well, uh, I'm never like, you know, ooh, like and subscribe and leave a rating and all, like, whatever. I know you're probably <laughs> supposed to, but I just do this for fun. I don't care. Yeah, for sure. It's not like I'm making Thanks money out of this. Yes, of course. It's been a while. I, I know we'll do it again at some point. And it was nice to do. Absolutely. This is a very different movie than uh, the ones we've done before. So that was a nice right. variety. Like I have some people who are like, oh, that's my go-to guy for this. Like, Sebastian is my full moon guy. If I get a full moon movie, that's a guy, you know? Nice. <laughs> and I have people like, oh, it's this kind of horror movie? That's who I go to. Or it's a Christian movie, I gotta get my brother. Because we make, you know, we're good making fun of that. But, yeah, it's nice to have somebody who, whatever, we'll just do whatever. Because we've had, yeah, three pretty different movies. So that's a, a good variety. And you're always a good time. So we will do it again. Uh, on behalf of myself and Andrew, everyone have a good week. Be safe, be smart, be whatever. And we'll see you next week for the Driftless, or nope, next week for Alterverse. And that'll do it. Have a good week. See you, buddy. Bye. Thank you, sir.